Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus said in Luke 21, 25, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and in the earth the nations will be in turmoil and perplexed by what is going on on the earth. And so they're, they're, they're to be a sign to the people. And here we see the sign as the sun, uh, its light begins to darken, it says, and the moon, uh, the days and nights, it says, will be one-third shorter. Right before he ascended, Jesus said that he would eventually return to get his church. He said that it would be soon, and many people in the early church lived as if he was coming back at any moment. While no one can know the exact time, the Bible does give us some signs that the days are getting closer. In today's message, Pastor Dan will be sharing some of the examples that the Bible gives during those times. Although there will be signs, we must always be aware and ready for Jesus to come back. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now the inhabitants of the earth will be consumed by God's judgment because they've rejected the salvation. And so now he throws it down in verse 6. So when that angel threw down the fire to the earth, the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. That, that was their cue. When they saw the other angel cast down the fire to the earth, you know, they started tuning up their trumpets, you know, and getting ready to play. That's, oh, that's our, that's our signal. We're going to be playing here in a minute. And the first angel sounded, verse 7. And when he sounded, hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up upon the earth. And all green grass was burned up. Remember, this isn't, this isn't symbolic language. This is literal and so this first trumpet judgment causes just environmental devastation upon the earth. A third of the trees of the earth are burned by fire, and it says all of the grass, <laughs> all of the grass. So don't get too caught up in manicuring your yard and all that. Eventually it's just going to burn. But this first judgment, it scorches the earth, scorches the earth's vegetation. Again, we... We can't begin to imagine what kind of impact this will have on the Earth's environment, what kind of domino effect this is going to have on the, uh, the Earth's environment. Uh, we see a similar judgment uh, in, in Egypt back in the book of Exodus. I'll just read it to you, but if you're taking notes, Exodus chapter 9, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven that there may be hail 
and all of the land of Egypt, on man, on beast, and on every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched out his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent sent thunder and hail, and fire darted to the ground. Fire ran across the ground, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, so very heavy that there was none like it in all the land of Egypt, Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail struck throughout the whole land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail struck every herb of the field and broke every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, there was no hail. And so God judged Egypt with a similar judgment, with fire and hail. And during the tribulation period, we see in chapter 8 of Revelation, that God will judge the whole earth with fire and hail in a similar way. And it says here that it's, it's hail and fire that is mingled with blood. And what does that mean? Well, we can't say for sure, but it could simply mean uh, that many people and animals will perish and be killed by the hail and fire, just as what happened in Egypt. And so there's many that will die as a result of this, this hail that will be thrown down to the earth in this judgment. Now, as devastating as this judgment will be upon the earth and those upon the earth, it's only the first trumpet. This is just the beginning of the trumpet judgments. This is the first one. There are six more trumpets to sound. You know, Matthew 24, Jesus said, There will be great tribulation upon the earth, such has not been since the beginning of the world. The world's never seen anything like this. The judgment that will come during the tribulation period. Verse 8 says, Then the second angel sounded. And something like a great mountain. Remember, John's just writing what he sees. And something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea. And a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Again, this isn't figurative. This isn't symbolic. This is literal. And John saw something that looked like a a mountain that was on fire, that was thrown into the sea. It could have been a meteor or an asteroid that was crashing into the earth. And we see that the effects of this second trumpet judgment are supernatural. It's more than just the, 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 the mountain of fire crashing into the sea. It says here that the sea became blood. It doesn't say the sea became like blood or that the sea became the color of blood. The sea became blood. Again, we see a similar judgment back in Egypt in in Exodus chapter 7 when God turned the Nile River to blood. And with this this second trumpet judgment, it says in verse 9 that a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed. And again, we, we can't fathom uh, the environmental impact this will have to have a third of the living creatures in the sea. You know, I mean, have any of you ever been in a, a, a beach community where there's a fish kill and it's just the stench of it? It's nauseating. And that's, that's a small, isolated area and a small number of fish. We're talking about a third of the sea creatures dying. I mean, we have no 
no guess even at the effect this will have on the ecosystem of the world. And it says a third of the ships that are on the sea at that time will be destroyed with this trumpet judgment. Now, if you're anything like me, you probably don't know anything about the shipping industry. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And you read verse 9 where it says a third of the ships will be destroyed, and you think, okay. (laughs) And if you're like me, you don't appreciate the magnitude of this statement. And so I did a little reading for us this week about the maritime industry. I just want to share some information with you to help you get a context of, of what this is saying here. This is free information. It's not going to be on the test in heaven when you get there, so don't worry. 2017, there were 52,183 cargo ships in the world. That's just cargo ships. That doesn't include uh, other commercial vessels, like commercial fishing vessels or cruise ships or research vessels. That doesn't include military ships. That doesn't include private vessels. That doesn't include personal watercraft, you know, like a speedboat and that kind of thing. So 52,000 cargo ships in the world. If you add in the other types of commercial vessels that are in the world that are used currently, the number is well over 100,000 ships in the world, just commercial ships on the waters. At any given time, there are well over 25,000 cargo ships on the sea. Again, just cargo ships, any given time, 25,000 cargo ships. To give you a comparison that maybe you can relate to a little bit better, at any given time, there are about 10,000 planes in the air in the world. All over the world. Any given time, any moment in time, 10,000 airplanes in the sky. Any given time, there's 25,000 cargo ships on the sea. Again, not including other commercial vessels. And it tells us with the second trumpet blast, a third of those ships are going to disappear. A third of those green dots are going to disappear. They're going to be gone. And it's interesting to think that, um, that John wrote this 2,000 years ago. And, and it's interesting to me that, that he would mention ships being destroyed during the tribulation period. And, and ships are still very much used, as we saw in the image, in the world today. You know, if he would have said, you know, a third of the chariots will be destroyed, or a third of the camels, who cares? (laughs) But a third of the ships. It's also interesting to me that John writes that 2,000 years ago at a time when they had no idea how many ships were even on the sea, much less a third of them being destroyed. They, they had, they could, there was no way for them to know that number. But today, you can download an app on your phone and you can get a live picture of all the ships on the sea on your phone and you can watch a third of them disappear on your phone. Isn't that amazing? Now, something else you should know about the shipping industry. Listen to this. 90% of all the things that we purchase come by ship. of all the things that you purchase comes by ship. Food, clothing, fuel, furniture, you name it. 90% of all that we purchase comes by ship. One author I read said, The shipping industry undergirds the entire global economy. 
and it is crucial to our everyday existence. So when a third of the ships on the sea are destroyed during the second trumpet judgment, it's going to devastate the global economy. It's going to devastate the world's economy. Uh, and it'll make it, you know, very difficult just, just to get, you know, everyday goods, food, fuel. And again, this is just the second trumpet. <laughs> and before the world can recover from the first two trumpets, there's the third trumpet. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Look at verse 10. Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers. And notice what it says. And on the springs of water, the name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Notice here that, that this judgment, it contaminates uh, the water. It says a third of the water will become wormwood. Wormwood is a, is a root uh, that was very bitter. Uh, it was, uh, it's still around today. It's, uh, it, it, was, it was poisonous. It was used in small doses as kind of like a tranquilizer. Uh, when Jesus is on the, the cross, remember they gave him gall to drink uh, to, to try to sedate him while he's on the cross and he refused to drink it. Remember, he's taking the, the full, he's absorbing the full impact of judgment for our sin. And so he doesn't do any, he doesn't take the, the narcotic to kind of deaden the experience for him. He wants to take that full experience for us. But what is offered to him to drink is made in part from wormwood root. It's, it's made from the same root, but it's very bitter. And uh, in large doses, it, it can be deadly. And we see here that many people will die from drinking the water that has been contaminated uh, by this, this, this star that fell from heaven and that crashes into the earth and it, it, it contaminates. Notice what it says in verse 10. It contaminates the springs of water, meaning the underground aquifers, the groundwater. Now, again, probably like the shipping industry, you probably don't know a whole lot about groundwater. I didn't either. Uh, but I, I, I read about that a little bit this week. Uh, groundwater, that is water that is extracted from the ground. Groundwater is the world's most extracted raw material. Listen to this. 50% of the world's drinking water comes from groundwater. Globally, 70% of crops are irrigated with groundwater. And the statistics are the same for the United States. 
In the United States, 51% of our drinking water comes from groundwater. In rural areas, it's 99% of the drinking water comes from groundwater. And 64% of our crops are irrigated with groundwater. And the third trumpet contaminates a third of the groundwater in the world. Again, we can't imagine how, when it says that many people die, I mean, we, we can't imagine how that's, how that's going to play out. And that, that brings us to the fourth trumpet. Again, we're not even halfway through the trumpet judgments. The fourth trumpet in verse 12. Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars, so that a third of them were darkened, and a third of the day they did not shine, and likewise the night. And in, you know, in the creation account, back in Genesis chapter 1, um, in verse 14, probably on the first page of your Bible, <laughs> and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. And so the lights, the, the sun and the moon and the stars, they're to be, he says, you know, for days and years so that we can mark out the days, mark out our calendar, and for seasons so we can identify the four seasons. But he also says that they are to be for signs, the sun and the moon, stars, that they're a sign. Jesus said in Luke twenty-one twenty-five, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, And in the earth, the nations will be in turmoil and perplexed by what is going on on the earth. And so they're they're to be a sign to the people. And here we see the sign as the sun, uh, its light begins to darken, it says, and the moon. Uh, The days and nights, it says, will be one third shorter. And so instead of a 24 hour day, suddenly there's going to be a 16 hour day. The days will be shortened by a third. When we get to Revelation chapter 16, verse 8, then we're told that the sun shines brighter than normal and that the heat of the sun is hotter than normal and the heat of the sun scorches the earth and scorches the people on the earth. But at this point now in chapter 8, the sun did not shine for a third of the day. When we get to chapter 16, it's going to shine with greater intensity. Here, the days are shortened by a third. And it's going to be something supernatural. It's not going to be something that scientists can explain. It's not going to be a, there's not going to be a scientific reason for it. It's not going to be something scientific that they can point to as an explanation. It's just going to be something supernatural, where God just supernaturally shortens the days by a third, and scientists will be at a loss, which I think is kind of interesting because most scientists in the scientific community are secular humanists and atheists, and they reject the divine and they reject the supernatural. But during the tribulation, there's not going to be a human explanation for what's happened. It's just going to be a supernatural explanation. And we're going to be in heaven and we're going to go, ha, 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 ha. Foolish scientist <laughs> should believe in God and the supernatural. I will. Look at verse 13. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, 
saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. As bad as the first four trumpet blasts were and the first four judgments were, the last three will be even more severe. And and the severity of the last three is so pronounced that God warns the people on the earth of their approach. So try to imagine this. I mean, the earth is devastated at this point. The the world is is reeling from all of these events that have taken place when suddenly an angel of God appears in the sky and all, all the world can see this angel. So I'm guessing it's huge in the sky. And all the world can hear this angel. The angel's loud. And the angel is crying out, declaring three woes for each of the remaining trumpet judgments. Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Wow. Now just, just a few kind of closing thoughts about this chapter and the trumpet judgments. First of all, after so much calamity on the earth and so much judgment, the chapter ends with God warning the people on the earth of the judgment that is to come. And he's warning them so that they can repent. God, even as he is judging the earth, is showing grace to the earth. He's being gracious in the midst of his judgment. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, God is not willing that anyone would perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. They would come to the place where they repent of their sins and that they would turn to Jesus Christ for salvation. Ezekiel 33.11, the uh, Lord says there, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so that they can live. That's God's desire. He has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He has no pleasure in judging the earth and those upon the earth for their wickedness and their rebellion. His desire, his heart, is that the wicked would turn from their wicked ways, that they would repent, and that they would live. The second thing that I would point out here is uh, that it's, it's not hard to imagine how a world that is completely in turmoil like this will embrace a world leader who promises safety and security and stability. And Revelation calls that world leader the beast. And we know him more commonly as the Antichrist. And you can imagine, you can imagine if some dynamic, charismatic world leader came on the scene who promised answers, who promised clean water to drink and clean air and a program to plant trees or whatever it may be. You can see the world in in its desperate state where the world is brought so low by these judgments. You can see how a world would embrace that person. The third thing I would point out is just simply, aren't you glad that you're a believer in Jesus Christ? Aren't you glad that the world is not going to be, that we're not going to be here in the world? when all of this comes falling down upon the earth, that we will be in heaven with Jesus around his throne. And I hope you'll be there. If you haven't trusted Christ 
I hope you do today. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, and he has more to share with you next time. How is your heart doing as you listen to these teachings about the future? If you're in need of prayer for any reason, would you be willing to give us a call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever might be weighing on you. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from the culminating final book of the Bible, Revelation. Pastor Dan has much more to share from this book, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue learning and growing, appreciating what God wants us to see from His Word. We hope you'll tune in then and be a part of our listening audience. Continue searching for what God has for you to see here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.